what was that? Is there something good to do for Passover? I'm glad you asked that. You guys ask really good questions. Because <laughs> I have a man coming up right here who has a really good answer. <laughs> Mike Devaney. <laughs> I don't need to get up there. Let's learn some Hebrew. How many know how to say Passover in Hebrew? Not you. You can't count. You're my wife. Pesach. Pesach was last night. We do have an opportunity. You know what was being celebrated when the Lord's Supper was instituted, right? It was Pesach, Passover, either way. But we have an opportunity to celebrate Passover even now. The Lord's feasts were not taken away. As Gentiles, we don't got to, but we get to. And that's part of the joy of this season, that we can see the history, we can see the meanings, we can see the connections between what was going on then in the Second Temple period at the time of Jesus and what was going on, what will be going on uh, later on uh, with us. And so uh, in April 25th, 6 to 8.30 p.m. at Tri-County Assembly of God, Rabbi Robert Spector, my good friend Robert Spector, is, who is the president of Rock of Israel. How many have heard of Rock of Israel ministry? Okay, it's a ministry for Jews uh, that point out that Jesus is kosher. So that is an opportunity. It's $20 a person. Uh, if you are interested in going, and we hope that you are, see Dean or see me, and we can get tickets for you. We need to know sooner than later and I hope you'll take advantage of it. How many people here have been to a Seder? Okay, few of you. Uh, and more of you could enjoy it, I think. Thank you. I told you that they got more time. <coughs> okay, um, to give you a heads up, if you want to be turning to Ezekiel chapter 36, we're going to... If we go according to plan, we're going to be going through this chapter twice. But anybody who knows about our Thursday night small group, our unembarrassed plug for the group, room 303 back there tomorrow night at 630, um, we very seldom stay on plan. Uh, tonight's lesson is how to biblically pray for Israel. Let me pray before I get started. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, bring your Holy Spirit down. Let us have your wisdom to speak the words you want us to speak. Let people hear the words you need them to hear. Just bless, anoint, have your will, your way, your directions, your guidance, and may you get all the glory for everything done in tonight's service. Now, everybody knows the scripture, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. If you don't know that one, then you're, you know, everybody pretty much knows that. But there's more to biblically praying for Israel than praying for, and that's, that's one thing. I mean, that's particularly brought out that we need to do that. 
But the scripture points out some things that we're going to be looking at in Ezekiel 36 about things that are going to be happening in the land of Israel, about some promises and things that are going to be fulfilled. And you may say, well, if the Bible says they're going to be fulfilled, why do we need to pray for them? You know, the Bible tells us to pray for a lot of things that are we know are going to happen. It activates our faith, and it gets us in partnership and involved in the things that God is doing. You know, we are told, pray quickly. Lord, come quickly. Well, he is going to come quickly, but he is letting you get involved in the plan where he's coming back by making that prayer. Lord, come quickly. And how many times do things happen during the day where you say today would be the best day for the rapture to happen? <laughs> I'll give a quick uh, testimony on one of my days. After a small group last Thursday night, I'm uh, driving to work, and I'm going down the highway, and it's dark. And you know how truck tires blow out and they leave their rubber in the road? And well, there was only one piece of truck tire in the road, and it was in my lane, and I didn't see it until it was too late. Ran right over it. So I'm thinking, oh, what happened to my car? So I get to work, and 20 miles later, okay, 20 miles later, I get to work, and I get out, and my uh, rear driver's side flyer tire is flat, okay? So I'm thinking, that happened, and God kept my car safe for 20 miles for me to make it to work. Okay, it, it gets it, it, it gets even better. I have AAA come out and they put that little donut thing on there. I have an 06 Buick Luzerne. This, you know, this isn't one of those Urkel cars, you know, that one person can barely fit. This is a tank, and it's got this little donut thingy on there. So it's in the morning. I'm driving home. We're talking 32 miles on the highway. I get off the exit ramp at Middletown, and then all of a sudden, the tire shreds. It made it. The tires are only uh, supposed to go 25 miles. It, it made it and got me all the way to the Middletown exit, and I, I go to Bob Summerall, which is about a mile off, so I just had to drive the, the last mile there. But it's like it made it all the way, all the way to the exit. So I'm thinking, you know, even though these things happened, how much worse could it have been? I mean, you run over those things, and, you know, the damage, especially running over the underneath, the car was pretty much fine, and, you know, just uh, a little cosmetic damage here and there. But, uh, and, you know, you look, your initial reaction is, oh, this is a bad day. Lord, come quickly. <laughs> But honestly, I thank God that he got me to work and home from work both miraculously. So I just thank, thank God for that. And, and, you know, the Bible tells of other things. It's like Daniel uh, is reading 
in the uh, book of Jeremiah while the uh, Jews are in captivity in Babylon. And according to the book of Jeremiah, they're only going to be there for 70 years, and then they're going to go back. Now, this is going to happen, but Daniel starts praying about this incident. It's going to happen, but Daniel gets involved, starts praying the scripture, Lord, prepare us, bring us back, you know, be, you know, just get the people ready. He starts preparing. It's going to happen, but praying for things that's going to happen in God's plan gets us involved, makes us active, and it, it activates us inside. It activates and stirs up a fire inside knowing that I don't know if you're getting, let me say this, if you get this, you get to be involved in God's plan. On Thursday night, most of the time we just sit around the table, look at each other and have one word, wow, wow, I mean, what more can you say? And this is a group that don't stop talking. But, um, you know, we get to be involved in God's plan. And he's called us to prayer. So I want to go over some things that we can pray for. And when we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, maybe add a few of these things onto our prayer for the, the land of Israel as well. So if you're in Ezekiel chapter 36... <clears throat> We're going to start off reading verses 8 and 9. But ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. For behold, I am with you, and I will turn unto you, and ye shall be tilled and sown. We are to, the land of Israel is to bear fruit. The land is going to be tilled and sown. I, I don't know uh, if you haven't been there, you might not realize that Israel is one of the rockiest places on earth. The uh, story, and it's it's just a story, was told that God gave two angels all the rocks to put on earth. And one angel was real diligent. He went around scattering his rocks all over the earth, making sure it was even. And one angel started and got tired and just dumped his load and they fell on Israel. <laughs> And uh, it, it's really a tough place. But the Jews are making it work. As far as exporting fruits and flowers, they are third and fourth in the world. This is happening. And this growth and this land is budding and coming back and becoming fruitful. And you get to be a part of that by praying that the land continues to bear fruit. The, the land continues to grow and be tilled. It, it may not sound like a big deal, but let me tell you, the Bible only has so many words in it, and God didn't waste a one of them. He put in his words here now that the land is going to be tilled. The land is going to bring forth fruit. Every word in here is important. So this part of uh, Israel's growth and economics, it's, it's vital to them. And we can pray that this continues to happen and be a part of the blessing of Israel with our prayers. Verse 10. 
and I will multiply men unto you, and all the house of Israel, even all of it, and the city shall be inhabited, and the waste shall be builded. <clears throat> the Jews are going to be multiplied. You know, I, uh, I, I did, uh, back when uh, Benjamin Netanyahu was prime minister the first time, he was at a world conference, and he met, and just coincidence, which we know coincidence is just when God wants to remain anonymous. <laughs> so he ended up talking to the prime minister of India and the president of China. And the Indi India leader said that we're the three oldest peoples, three oldest nations on the earth. And uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said, yeah, but there's 2.1 billion of you talking to India, 2.3 billion of you talking to the um, China, and, and I forget, it, it, it was still in the hundred, just the hundreds of thousands at the time, the amount of Jews that were, that were in, the, in the earth at this particular time, if I'm remembering my numbers right, but it was very low. And the point got across that the Jews have been persecuted so much in so many, uh, you know, in our lifetime, there was basically the Holocaust, but it's not the only Holocaust against the Jews in history. The Jews have been attacked relentlessly throughout history, but God has promised that in spite of this, he is going to multiply their numbers. And in fact, the Jews are now even coming out of the woodwork. They are finding that during the diaspora where the Jews dispersed from Jerusalem, they ended up in countries that nobody even knew they ended up in. Now that the regathering is beginning and people from other countries are coming back, especially in the African nations, and they start, what do you mean you're Jews? You, you can't be Jews. And they do the DNA testing, and it's like, whoa, they're Jewish. And the numbers of Jews are being multiplied today. And guess what? Once again, this is something you can be a part of with your prayers. Pray that the Jews continually keep multiplying. That this promise of God is poured out on them in abundance. Let their numbers overflow. And this is what the Bible says is going to happen. And this is what we should be praying for for, the, uh, for Israel. I'm going to jump ahead to verses 21 through 23. <clears throat> but I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. God to be sanctified in the Jews. Roughly, right now, I think the ratio is, and according to Revelation, this is pretty much bared out, 
two-thirds of Jews in the world are agnostic at this time. One-third are basically messianic at this point. We are at a time where God is going to continually be increased. The messianic Jews are growing in number, which also is increasing their persecution. And uh, one of the things that we've done here on Sunday morning is the pastor and, and Richard and Cameron have prayed that the Messianic Jews living in Jerusalem have God's supernatural protection because they are very persecuted, especially, you know, from other, un, un, they call themselves orthodox, I call them unorthodox. <laughs> but, you know, they're facing great persecution there. But God is being sanctified in spite of this, and he is going forth, and the Jews are be turning to him more and more every day. And with our prayers, prayers change things. Prayers gets results. Prayer activates the spiritual realm to go into battle for what you're praying for. God being sanctified and revealed to the Jewish people more and more every day puts them on this path that God has promised and where they need, and what it says is, <clears throat> I will, at the end of verse 23, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. Now, this is the way it was meant to be originally. We had talked a little bit about this last week, that because of the Jews' unbelief, salvation came to the Gentiles so that our belief would provoke jealousy in the Jews to believe. But the original plan was for the Jews to take this plan to the world. God wants that plan back in place. He wants the Jews to be sanctified in him, and then when the Gentiles see that, they will know that the God of Israel is the one and only true God. And the more that God is sanctified in the Jewish people, the more testimony goes out through the world, the more Jesus Christ is shown through the world, and the closer we get to more people being saved and the rapture coming. Lord, come quickly. Maybe you heard that one. Verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of the countries and will bring you into your own land. We talked a little bit about this, the regathering. <clears throat> it is going on. And uh, there, and uh, you know, we're going to, I'd love giving you a heads up on this. This is the Church of God's ministry to Israel focus. Right here, helping people, especially Jews, get from the Ukraine and Russia back to Israel. Our, our denomination is out there, and we're going to be bringing you more information throughout the year and uh, teaching you, showing you how you can get involved in this ministry. And they bring people back to Israel this regathering, they give them food, shelter, clothing, school supplies. It, they, 
they expect them to get a job and become self-sufficient, but until they do, they bring these Jews in and are taking care of them until they can go out on their own. Then they let them go on their own and they keep bringing in more. This regathering is happening. Jews are coming back from all across the, the world, and we need to add this to our prayers. I mean, it may we know about the regathering, most of us do, but have we actually prayed, Lord, I, I, I would pray it like that, and this is just me, Lord, take the hand of the enemy off of those you have called to return to Jerusalem. Send forth your Holy Spirit to lead and guide them back to the land of Israel where you have called them to be. I bind the hand of the enemy against him to stop them from coming into the land that is rightfully theirs. And in the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen. So be it. Simple things. Simple things. Now, in what we're talking about here is uh, in all these things we're going to go over, it's going to take a little more time than now I lay me down to sleep. But God has called us into a warfare, into an army on many fronts. And Israel is one of the fronts that he has laid on my heart to help you with. There are many fronts that we need to be praying this way. Prayer is going to be, I can't wait till the day when prayer is what we, takes up more of our time than anything else. Because, you know, this, it, you spend 20, 30 minutes here praying for Israel. Then you can pray 20 or 30 minutes praying for the youth of Middletown. Then you can pray 20 or 30 minutes of these things for the seniors and the nursing home ministries. Then you can you get the idea. And not be in a hurry. Pray it sincerely. Call out to God. Be hunger. Have your heart engaged, your mind engaged, your fire engaged. This, this Christianity that we're in and this warfare, it's not a game for the weak, the timid, the shy, or the scared we got to be bold. we got to be warriors. We have to be out there. We have to be praying on the front lines like we're determined to win this thing. And it's, it's going to take our time. The, the one commodity that we don't want to give up and we all have the equal amount of, our time. Verses 25 and 26. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh. This is the new covenant where God's just not going to take, he doesn't take the heart of an unbeliever and fix it up a little bit and make it better and say, okay, I'll just add this and that and I'll change it around a little bit and okay, you're going to have a good heart here. 
He takes the old heart out. He puts a new spiritual heart in. A brand new heart. This new covenant. The new spirit living within you. This is promised to the Jews. Salvation is promised to the Jewish people. And I tell you what, there's, in this here, there's three comings of bonds of the Holy Spirit. And this one here, salvation to the Jews, is we need to be praying very much for the first one first to come upon. The three comings of bond of the Holy Spirit is, first you are drawn to salvation. Once you accept salvation, the second coming on of the Holy Spirit is you are infilled with the Holy Spirit and your spirit man is turned from dark to light. Then from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you can understand the word of God at that point and start having your mind renewed, reformed, and learn and have the Holy Spirit work with inside of you. And the third coming up onto the Holy Spirit, I love being in a Pentecostal church because the second chapter of Acts, the Holy Spirit came down and was on them and endued them with fire and with power. I'll just send that home with you to uh, do a little study on your own side. Fire and power, two different things. We, we know the power. Study the fire side a little bit. It's totally amazing. But right now, the Jews to receive salvation, the Holy Spirit has to call somebody to salvation. That is the first step. No man comes unless he is drawn. We need to be praying that even though God says here he's going to give them a new heart, he's going to give them a new, a new spirit with inside, we need to pray that that is happening. Not just for the Jews, but for everyone. You know, but tonight we're focusing on Israel, but we need to be out there praying. And the rapture that I mentioned before, that should be our motivation for praying for, for the Holy Spirit to draw people to salvation. Because once the rapture comes, everything changes. I mean, there are people out there, we need to be praying that the Holy Spirit draw them, save them, and ensure that they're going in the rapture. Because if we're not doing that, what's the basis of any of this? I mean, you mean... We're sitting here talking about Israel, and it's and you're getting back to the simple plan of salvation. Every ministry out there, that's the number one goal, is to have that ministry direct people to Jesus Christ. Whether it's a nursing home, a, a youth ministry, the Israel ministry, whatever you have, we have respite, shalom, all this stuff. The num the goal is to direct people for Jesus Christ and see souls saved. If we're not about that, then we're, we're doing it wrong. So, verses 33 through 35. Thus saith the Lord God, in the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the waste shall be builded, and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land was desolate, has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about, you shall know that I am the Lord, 
Did I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that was desolate? I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. The land today is being restored. And uh, there are organizations that you can get involved with this. You you pray, but you can also donate to groups that go out and plant trees in Israel. And especially the eucalyptus tree is a good one because it has these strong roots that break up this rocky ground I told you about earlier. Once you start breaking up this rocky ground, it, it becomes usable. And you can simple thing, I tell you what, you want to give somebody a good birthday gift or Christmas gift or whatever, plant a tree in Israel in their name. I mean, that's the gift that will keep on giving, and that's a gift that will follow them into eternity. It's, uh, but that's, you know, the land is being restored. Right now, it's, it's growing and uh, verse 36 then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I the Lord builded the ruined places and plant that which was desolate I have spoken it and I the Lord will do it Israel will be a light to the world when all these things start happening and the rest of the world starts seeing it they know there's something different about Israel. I mean, you can even, if you just follow the news right now, you know that the rest of the world already knows there's something different about Israel. I mean, it, it, don't even make, it don't even make common sense that one of the smallest populated races on the planet living in an area about the size of the state of New Jersey, gets so much attention from all these nations, even the UN, the United Nations of the world, are coming against Israel. All the nations around them are coming against Israel. It makes no sense unless you realize that they know there's something different about Israel. And they don't like it. And they are doing their best to stop it. And getting back into the spiritual warfare of this, the bottom line is Satan is attacking the Jews because he wants to attack the plan of God. Now, all through the Old Testament, Satan was attacking the Jews because he wanted to stop the first coming of Jesus. You know, in Genesis chapter 6, at that point, all he knew was that Messiah would come through the seed of a woman. So he attacks all mankind. Then all of a sudden, there's Noah, and it's directed down to Shem, then down to Abraham, then down to uh, uh, Jacob, and then down to Judah. We see Satan's attacks keep getting narrower and narrower and narrower against the Jewish people the more of God's plan is revealed. So if you wonder why things happen in the Old Testament, just was, well, what level of knowledge are we at in the Old Testament toward God's plan of salvation 
and Satan's attack against Israel is based on the knowledge of at that time. So that's another homework assignment. So all these things, and when Satan couldn't stop the first coming of Jesus, now what's his agenda? He's got to stop the second coming of Jesus. So for Jesus to come the second time, the Jews have to repent, realize what they said was wrong, said we now will have this man rule over us, Jesus come back. The Jews have to invite Jesus back, and he will come back the second time. If Satan can wipe the Jews off the face of the earth, then there won't be any Jews to ask him to come back. That's the plan. It won't work. But in the meantime, we've got to be praying with this. We have to be supporting Israel. We have to be on their side. We have to show God that we partner with you in favor of Israel and in favor of protecting the Messiah. Messiah Jesus is coming back, and we want to be a part of that. We have got to be a part of that. That is what we are called. Jesus coming back. It don't get no gooder than that. I don't, it's just, wow, Lord, come quickly. <laughs> and I'm going to get off, off lesson a little bit here. God, I don't, I don't know why. Just um, get away from my notes then. <laughs> the second coming, and I, I want to uh, want to just help clarify some things here. It's like I always wondered um, about these other doctors. Our church has a pre-tribulation rapture doctrine. We believe that the, trib the rapture will happen before the seven-year tribulation period. And I always wondered how people uh, would, on the mid-tribulation, and then I heard a telecast um, from people who believed it, and all of a sudden I realized what they, where they were going wrong. There are, the rapture, and the second coming are two separate events. They are not the same. Where people get wrong and they get confused is they take scriptures that are supposed to be for the rapture and apply it to the second coming and the second coming to the rapture. And they say, well, he's coming in the thief in the night. Well, he's coming with the sound of a trumpet. And all they, you know, they just start mixing all this stuff up. So this is... And let me tell you this, my most important reason for believing in a pre-tribulation rapture is this. If you have any other doctrine than a pre-tribulation rapture, the next thing on your agenda has to be the appearance of Antichrist. A Christian should never, and I will go on record with this, a Christian should never have his eyes looking for the appearance of Antichrist. My eyes are looking for the coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is coming into the clouds to take me up to be with him. The next thing on my agenda is I'm seeing Jesus. I'm not seeing the other guy. It's like my eyes are focused there, and that's where I need to be. That's where I want to be. That's what our doctrine is about. And there are there's so much other on that, but to me, how, to me, that, that's the most important thing. We keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. And if we keep our eyes focused on the second coming of Jesus Christ, 
and followed that logically backwards, well, the Jews have to ask him to come back. So now we need to be start thinking about the Jews and praying for the Jewish people, praying for their salvation, praying for their land, praying for their prosperity, praying for their protection. And we keep our eyes and minds focused on the Jews for their protection. So they ask Jesus Christ to come back. And it says, if we bless Israel, God will bless us. I don't know about you, but I'm not against having a few more blessings in my life. Yeah, I would do this, you know, in spite of that, because I love Israel. It, it, it's what God has put on my heart. But, and here's the thing about blessings in your life. God, you know God is always looking to bless you. God has a spout of blessings pouring out on you 28 hours a day. Why ain't you, we receiving them? We don't have our bucket under the spout most of the time. We have our bucket in front of the TV. And I'm not against TV. I got three of them. Two of them actually work. And I watch them. But when it comes to what we need to do, we need to be serious about Israel, about taking part in God's plan for Israel. That was actually the end of uh, part two of this lesson. <laughs> but, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to end here. You know, it's, none of these lessons have uh, ended up where I wanted to start them out with. But, you know, God is allowing us. Mike Devaney said it when he got us. We don't have to do this. We get to. We get to be a partner with God. Wow. God is going, he wants us to be involved in this. He wants our prayers to work in the spiritual realm. He wants us to be with him working in this for the Jewish people. A simple thing as praying over these items that we had talked about. It may, it really, praying that fruit is grown in Israel is going to make a difference? Yes. Yes, it will. It will change things inside you. It will change things in the spiritual realm. It will change things in Israel. It will make a difference. Now, I'm basically going to end there if uh, Pastor James wants to come up and get me out of this here. <laughs> but uh, next week, we will not have Wednesday night class. If you've ever been here the week before Easter, you know that uh, unless you're involved in the play, <laughs> they, they, they know what they're doing. So they will have play practice next week. We will not have Wednesday night, we will finish this series up on the 24th, and where tonight we were talking about prayer, the 24th we will be talking practical. We get to help Israel? Well, gee, what else can I do? We can pray and we can do some practical things as well. So we're going to get practical. The lesson, we get to help Jerusalem in two weeks.
and also on Thursday night. Uh, we will have class tomorrow, 6.30, room 303. But the, the following week, because of the play practice, we won't have a small group. And the week after that is the uh, Passover service that Mike had shared with us earlier. So we will not have small group that week either. So come on up. Could. One, if you have any interest at all in going to uh, Gatlinburg with us April the 30th through May the 2nd, please let me know right away because we, we've got to finalize our plans with regards to that. And then maybe you've noticed or maybe it was dark when you got in and you didn't uh, get to see that the property is looking really good. We have several great um, volunteers who have come and cleared out uh, lots of the uh, weeds and so on, getting us ready for the company that's coming in. Uh, but tomorrow afternoon, uh, we'd like to be able to finish that up after the funeral. So, Brother Jack, raise your hand right here. If you let Brother Jack know if you could work tomorrow afternoon, I think Friday it's going to uh, rain, and then Saturday we have the big Easter egg uh, deal out here. So um, please uh, help us with that. Really appreciate it. Um, anybody else have an announcement that my mind is just uh, going blank on? Okay, that makes me feel a lot better, like I didn't forget it. Let's stand, be dismissed. Thank you, Brother uh, Dean. Appreciate your preparation for this and this information that we should be logging and lining ourselves up with what the Word of God says. Eternal Father, we thank you today for the power of your presence in this place. There is something about the truth that just, um, as it as it comes to us, it's light. Areas of darkness and misunderstanding or confusion in our lives, Lord, that light just uh, pricks that darkness and uh, out of its place and disturbs it and, and sends it running. And so, Lord, let us always be committed to the study of your word, the learning of the principles uh, of your word, to, to know the language of the Bible and to learn how to use the tools of the Bible. So, God, bring us back to the book, the, the Bible, more than just in name, but individually throughout our congregation, not just corporately, but in the hearts of every believer, and bring us to a place that we are hungering for the things of God, more and more hungry, more and more thirsty for the things that are of God, and then we will be looking for the promise. Grant these things in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you.